0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the fifth quarter
2: studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd first like you to go over and check out our other podcast, High School Hoops, the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast, uh, Funnelled on Defense. Just finish this one first and then uh, pull the car over or stop your run and go over and check the other ones out. Download all of them. Um, but uh, And leave a five-star review. we love that. Uh, but we would like to give a shout-out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. Um they we don't I, I believe in this I believe I don't have a lot of sponsors um, that I talk about and Dr. Dish is one of them I believe in this machine it is great it has helped our team um, you mentioned Coach Unplugged and they'll give you $400 off that's all that that's probably the best compliment I can give is a lot of people approach me about uh, about being me talking about them and being sponsors on here and Dr. Dish I believe in them some so much that um that's why I do it. Also go over and check out ttroops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It is what I would have wanted as a young 25-year-old coach. Um I would have wanted all of these resources and uh you know maybe it would have helped me uh win a few more state titles, I don't know. Um but from someone that's been a nationally ranked coach um and had nationally ranked teams and won that numerous state titles um this thing is everything you need to take your team to the next level um we offer a 14-day free trial because we believe in it so much go over and check it out and let's head off the podcast all right welcome to coach unplugged episode hmm. Ooh like 1300 I think I'm at right now coach <laughs> <laughs> luckily we're doing this in an early we're relatively early morning in Wisconsin so my wife's asleep so this is this is a actually really these are really good times for me because I don't have to go out and mow the lawn or mm. you know go go furniture shopping which is what I was doing yesterday afternoon anyway Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> I know no you know what I was doing I was doing tiktoks I was sitting in a chair doing tiktoks so really? uh, yeah <laughs> yes I'm trying to make my my um my son and his girlfriend laugh, So I was making TikToks. Okay. whatever right. bored. Uh, all right. So coach Robinson, I want you to, um, kind of go through your basketball journey and explain it to the, to the listeners, um, kind of g- explain how you got into this game where you played kind of your coaching career. Um, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. So I'm going to turn it over to you.
3: Sounds good. Well, first of all, Coach Collins, thank you for having me. It's a, it's just an honor to be here and just to have an opportunity to share. Uh, but yeah, so I'm David Robinson, and um, you know, honestly, I was a, a, a late comer to the game of basketball. I grew up, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. I grew up playing baseball; that was my first love. Um, you know, and didn't get introduced to basketball till probably around my high school years. Very informally initially. Uh, wow, my that is late. Yes, yes. So um, my uncle played basketball, and you know he introduced me t- to the game. Uh, but I was, I was all about baseball, a little bit of track, a little bit of football early on. Uh, but really, my introduction to basketball came my junior year of high school. Um, I transferred um, to uh, a, a very small Christian school. Uh, and there was no more football, there was no more, you know, just some of the sports that I was used to. And so right. I decided you know, I wanted to be involved in athletics and sports, and so I started playing basketball and just fell in love with the game as a junior in high school. And, you know, just I remember going to the library and getting books and looking at old old videos and just trying to learn and soak in as much of the game as possible. And so that was my introduction to playing. Uh, when I graduated uh, from high school, bounced around a little bit from, uh, for college and things of that nature, uh, I ended up finishing up at a small D3 school in Northeast Pennsylvania. Uh, it's called uh, Clark Summit University now, but at the time it's called Baptist Bible College. I played for, played about a year and a half, ran out of eligibility and then coached as an assistant for a year for a guy named Coach Mike Schau. He's no longer the coach there, but just huge mentor in my life. Um, uh, and yeah, and so that was just a, a wonderful experience for me. But I always knew when I was done with high school that, I was going to be involved in coaching in, in some way shape or form uh one because i wanted to stay connected to sports but really i i had the story every sport i played growing up i always had a good coach right you know coaches that understood what they were doing knew the sport but also cared about kids and the older i get the real the more i realized when talking to people that's not always common yeah. and so uh-huh. I, I count myself yeah. i count myself very very lucky to have had those experiences coming up. Uh, so, so early in my career, um, the moral Christian school that I graduated from, they don't even exist anymore, but, um, they gave me the opportunity to coach. Uh, and so they took a shot on me and, you know, again, it was one, it was a rebuild. I mean, it was just a build, to be quite honest, but, uh, it was a rebuild. I spent three years there, um, And we went from like five, maybe five wins in our first year to, you know, 16 wins in my last year. Uh, And then uh, after that, I went out to a school called Lakewood Park Christian in uh, Auburn, Indiana, right outside of Fort Wayne. Coached uh, about a year and a half with a friend there on the guy's side and then took over the girls uh, varsity job there. Uh, and spent seven years there doing that and just a similar situation uh, um, had the privilege of coaching the program to the first winning season we set the school record for wins on the girls side a couple times um, and just again just had a great experience uh, left there went to oh, hold on coach uh,
2: so I, I see a progression from you're moving slowly west <laughs> right yeah. i mean i'm just sitting here listening it's like okay you started in maryland and then uh-huh. pennsylvania and now you're now you're indiana's midwest and now you're in the yes, midwest yes, you're slow yes. you're <laughs> you're moving you're you're like you're like the pioneers you're going west like and okay. there you go was there a yeah, reason yeah. was there a reason of the movement or was it just what the openings were
3: uh, the, the opening. So um, I got out to Indiana because a good friend of mine uh, a guy by the name of Don Davis. Um, we both played for the same college coach and, uh, and, and all of us that played for him, no matter the era that you played, uh, it's as close to, you know, I didn't have the fraternity experience that you get at like major universities and stuff. But it would be right. I would liken it to as close as a fraternity as it could possibly be without being one, I guess. Okay. Uh, and so um you know, I did a camp for him and he, he just said, hey, I'd love to get you out here, coach. And I'm single at the time. I don't know what I'm doing after college and stuff like that. So I just packed up and moved. It was one of those things.
2: So I can, that's what I tell my I teach seniors in high school. And I say that that's what your 20s are for, man. Just yeah. live on your friend's couch. Who cares? Like, yeah, you don't have so. any responsibilities to figure out what you want to do. Like exactly, your twenties are four, like, exactly. you know, you, you'll scrape by, you'll, you'll figure it out. Like mm-hmm. it's not, you know, don't worry about it.
3: Like, you know,
2: yeah. but yeah, go ahead. Keep going coach.
3: Yeah. So, you know, so, um, kind of, you know, on the professional side of things was we, starting to hit the glass ceiling, um, at, at Lakewood park, um, coaching was still going great, great relationships, love the families and that kind of thing, but just hitting the glass ceiling and just kind of getting a stirring of, you know, there's there's more to to me than kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, and so I ended up leaving there and going to a school in um, the Akron, Cleveland area of Ohio called uh, Cuyahoga Valley Christian Academy. Uh, and uh, again, another coach, Chow guy was the athletic director there. Um, and um, he took notice of some of the things that I was doing and they had an unfortunate situation with their girls program. Uh, and uh, just numbers were low, and maybe morale was down a little bit in some ways, and and so he reached out to gauge my interest. So I, I went there. Um, you know, sidebar: my last few years at Indiana, I also got involved coaching football at one of the local public schools in Fort okay. Wayne. Okay. But anyway, so move over to Ohio, coaching girls varsity basketball there, coaching football there as well. Yeah, football in Ohio is pretty big. Yeah. 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 Yeah um and and so um, you know again same thing uh, low numbers barely you know varsity team no jv or barely having a jv and so my first year you know we're fortunate to also have a good number of freshmen but uh just really started to build the program up we only had uh maybe two or three wins my first year uh by the time we got to my fourth year you know we had we'd won a sectional and got to the area championship game and ended up losing to a team that I think went on to win the state championship or something like that. Uh, but, um, the program experienced tremendous growth, went from just barely having a varsity pro team to varsity JV and freshman team. And I think for girls, uh, at at, at that size school, you know, that, that, that speaks a lot about just kind of the culture we were able to create, um, and then, uh, so then from there, get the opportunity to move to Texas, where I'm at now. And right, so there you go. So I went from Midwest to a little bit. The you south. went,
2: you went back east a little bit from Indiana, yeah. to Ohio it was a little bit east, but then you went yeah. back west. Like yeah. okay, so Texas is its own country for people that yes. don't know. Yes, literally, yes. It, like if you've ever driven east to west in Texas, it's like driving north to south in California. It lasts right. Like, yeah, it's its own country. Like, but anyway, keep going.
3: Yeah, no. So, so I I got the opportunity to come down to uh, Texas and, um, you know, was compelled by just some of the work that I was going to be doing at the school. Um, But then also the coaching opportunity to get back on the guy's side. I felt like it was time when I was in Baltimore. My first job, I was on the guy's side and then kind of sandwiched in the middle. I was coaching young ladies and loved it. There was no no issues there, but I uh, just felt like eh, it's time to get back on the guy side.
2: So one thing with the girls thing, why do you think? Before we jump into the into the text, uh-huh. why do you think the girls' numbers are down? Because I think it's a national problem with girls basketball numbers going down. Why do you think that is?
3: Um,
0: with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: you know, and I think you're seeing a lot of push in this. Just young ladies not getting opportunities to play sports as early on as guys. Um, but also, I I, I I hate to say it this way, but I do feel like sometimes we as coaches we we ruin it for them. You know, um,
2: my I, 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 I think there's a couple of things. First of all, I don't think there's enough ladies coaching ladies. which is which is a generational thing and hopefully that will shift it's getting better Mm -hmm. but it's it's a shift and i think volleyball kills basketball i think girls volleyball is it's six girls you got a libero that always plays you've got like it's more of a social thing at least i see that in our state It, it it volleyball plays the exact same as basketball uh i think girl like as far as club goes i you know like mm-hmm. club basketball is in the spring it doesn't conflict with um with it doesn't conflict at all with basketball it's high school season but volleyball both boys and girls conflict is a winner it's a winner thing yeah. um but well, i just I don't,
3: it, I don't know no well now that you say that there, there are a couple of things that i have noticed so um volleyball hasn't hurt me in my stops and both schools I've been at had um, strong volleyball programs um, but I will say this you know initially if you see you know the volleyball numbers versus girls soccer and basketball in Indiana at least where it was you know volleyball had more numbers uh, and I think some of that I think you're making some good points and I think the other thing I would add to that is, Soccer and basketball versus volleyball and softball. Soccer and basketball are the only two sports there where you've got a clock, the pressure of the clock that's continually winding down. You're in close proximity with the opponent. And the mistake response time, like there's – the transitions are quicker. You know, if if I play volleyball and I hit it into the net, you know, we got to roll the ball under the net that the, the girl that's going to serve has to wait till they point at her. So I have all that time Or if I strike out in softball, I got three innings before I'm back up there or, you know, or I think I you, drop, I
2: think honestly you just made the best argument ever because I was just talking to a coach a couple of days ago. And it's like, when I coached my son in baseball or in football, I was amazed by the amount of time I had to process between mm-hmm. pitches, between yeah. football plays in basketball. The ball is going to be down, back, down, back, down, yep. back before I have three seconds to think. What are you talking – it's right. like – I say I say, coaching softball or coaching volleyball is like going to the symphony and coaching basketball is like going to a rock concert. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just ding, 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 ding. And the symphony, you have time, it's smooth, it's nice and slow. It's like, um, yeah, I agree. And I think, yeah, and, and there might be a, a twist with that, I think, as far as their mentality right. goes. I agree. And
3: then the yep. And the other thing I would say is, too, I I feel like, you know, in my experience, and I'll just speak about my personal experience, um, the guys that I've coached have, you know, tend to be more motivated by the competitiveness and the competition, whereas the young ladies I've coached, they tend to be more motivated by the community in the group. And I think a lot of times coaches try to approach young ladies and make it about, oh, they're disrespecting us, we need to, and you might have one or two of those girls that are like, yeah, let's go, but um a lot of the young ladies are involved in athletics for a lot of different reasons and so you have to find a way to tap into what that is for the group To and then once you do that and once you build those relationships I think all those other things come I think they'll work hard the competitiveness you know I never had any of those issues but I think you got to build that relationship and that community first and so I think sometimes coaches want to skip that step that are coaching girls and I think or girls are coming in to sports new And those things aren't being laid as the foundation, I think. So then they just move on to something else.
2: And I've always said there's like, and this has changed since, since I grew up, but um, there's street cred for a third grade boy on the playground when he's an athlete. I'm not sure the street cred is there for the girl. (laughs) I'm just saying it's, I mean, there there's positive, it's, it's like ego food. Like if you're a third Uh grade boy and you can, and you're an athlete, there's, there's cred when you're little. Yeah the girls, there's not as much. And, and I think that's changing. I think that's shifted over the last 20 years and I think it will keep shifting, but I'm just saying, it's like, if you were an athlete and you were a guy in my, when I was growing up and you, in, in element, you had street cred right away. Like that mm-hmm. was like, you, you had some power on the playground. Like, I'm not sure yeah. it's the same, um, but so, okay. So, so Texas was your longest stay. It looked like.
3: Well, well actually in the, Indiana, I guess, technically was, Cause I was at the school for nine years and seven years coaching on the girl's side. Uh, But yeah, so I got here to Texas again, um, similar situation, you know, uh, the, the program had had some success in the past. um, And then kind of the longtime coach that really started the program. He retired uh, and then they went through a period of just a lot of coaching turnover um you know every coach lasting maybe one to maybe three years
2: and that kills a um, program that kills yeah, program.
3: yeah yeah um you know and and then um you know football is big in texas and especially in east texas you know
2: oh <laughs> well, i'm making a funny face for those of you right. that, that were listening it's like are you like texas it's like indiana basketball is like texas yes. football.
3: yes yes i That's remember dur about yeah, during my interview, uh, someone was looking at my resume. and They said, hey, we, we see, you know, you coached in Indiana and you coached in a lot of places where basketball, you know, they love basketball. And he's like, well, you know, Texas is big here. And I was like, oh, football is big here in Texas. I was like, yes, I'm aware of that. I, I think a school our size could be good at both, you know. <laughs> so, uh, But they just wanted to make sure uh, I knew what time it was, I guess, coming <laughs> in. But, no, it it, it, it was great. Um, and but so again, same thing. Um, first year, we I mean we were we were just a bad basketball program, and you know we just had to find an identity, lay the foundation. Um, you know, football was good here, track was really good here, and stuff like that. And so and baseball was solid, and so basketball just you know it, it was tough. And the way Texas crunches basketball season. You know, football's still going on and then baseball starts. They get out oh. there in late January. Well, you know, it's so Texas it's like, you can play. It's
2: like I think right. I think the snow just melted in Wisconsin for the baseball team just yeah. the,
3: the <laughs> middle of June. So,
2: you know, it's like crazy. Yeah.
3: So again, went from, you know, one year one win my first year, um, but had some young guys that were committed and were buying into what we were trying to be and who we were trying to be as a program to um, you know, in year four. You know, we won 14 games, made the playoffs, won a playoff game, which was the first um, playoff win in probably like seven or eight years for the program. So um, you, had, did, so
2: it's weird because I have a coach in California. You have to make the playoffs. Like you have to yes. – Not everyone makes the playoffs.
3: Yeah. So in Texas and Ohio, I want to say you had to qualify for the playoffs. Um, and, and, but then in Indiana – And I love this in Indiana. It's the everyone's in. It's a random draw, and and you play it out, uh, which I thought was always fun. Right.
2: Everybody in Wisconsin makes it. Like everybody. Like I think that's a first of all from a from a coach high school coaching standpoint, it's a second life. Like it's a you you know what I mean. It's like I would love if the NCAA could figure a way to do that. Like Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let everyone in. Let's go. You know, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, they could do it. It would be like, you know, like Duke would not play for the first week and a half. I mean, I'm just right. saying the top 64 teams would get buys. Yeah. But um, I'm just surprised they haven't done it from a money standpoint. Like, let everybody exactly. in, you know. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and then reseed it once it gets down to 64 or whatever it is. But right. I'm sure it's some sort of logistical problem. Um, yeah. All right, keep going, Coach.
3: Yeah, yeah. So so I mean, so so that kind of brings it to you. So everywhere I've been, you know, you know, I've been fortunate enough to uh be able to, again, so same thing here in Texas, you know, we went from varsity barely J V to you know varsity, J V and freshman teams. And so again, for uh, you know, a school our size, that's that says a lot and more kids are having opportunities to play basketball, and develop. There's a buzz around basketball. Um, and so I just finished up my fifth year, which is my last year here in Texas as, as I'm transitioning out. And so I kind of put that a little bit in your notes. Um, yeah.
2: So, so what's happening with that?
3: Yeah, hey everybody, so-
2: hope you enjoyed that. If you want to hear more of these, go over and uh, join a uh, 14 day free trial allows us allows us to do this and then subscribe, like, jump up and down, do whatever you gotta do. Um, tell us how tell us what you want to hear in the future, Steve at com. All right, have a great day.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.